to see for yourselves one of the most amazing events. When is this great experiment for me? Impervious to heat, impossible to move. Is it human or inhuman? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It's time for the Beaky Drummy Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Brummy Podcast, Avengers Endgame Special, Full House Day. Joining me today, Mr. Keith Bloomfield. Hello, Brian. Keith, where and how did you watch Endgame? I surprisingly watched it in a cinema with my eyes. Uh, <laughs> so glad. Generally, that's how I watch most films. Uh, no, but I, I went to my local cinema, uh, front row, because it's the best seats, screen one. Shameless um, plug. It was good. Yeah, real cinema Quinton. It's good. Now they've got their screen sorted out. What was wrong with their screen? What, uh, was it really slightly out of focus. Screen? So when I went to see the Lego Movie 2 and How to Train Your Dragon, I had to say, there's something wrong with your screen, so you get to sort it out. I, I say, sir, I've been watching the film. <laughs> uh, it might be in my eyes, or it might be the screen. I just need, I do need to know the uh, the screen. It's a little bit... Uh... It's because, you know, it was spoiling other people's enjoyment of the films as well. <laughs> was it, or did you just need to go to Specs <laughs> No, it was because it was out of focus. They, they botched you, it. You didn't drop a glass in the cinema, like, wondering like Valma, like wearing my glasses. I if I drop my glasses, a cinema screen several feet in front of me would be the least of my problems. <laughs> I literally can't see six inches in front of me without my specs. Kinky. <laughs> As you probably heard, Guy Halford did also present. Guy, how was your cinema experience? Uh, it was all right because I I was really sort of worried because I booked uh, a nine a.m. screening and it was hot. It was like the school holiday, so I was just like, it's going to be full of little brats. We've had the opinion online and debated it before about my opinions on children being allowed to go to the cinema and that there should just be an outright ban. So I was dreading 9am, it was going to be full of screaming kids, but I thought maybe, you know, I'd get lucky because, you know, it's it's school holidays, parents probably won't want to get up that early, having to deal with the earliest, so I thought I'd be alright. Uh, luckily I was in a cinema full of other people who had booked the day off work, like me, and it was nice, it was quiet, it was relaxed. There was a man with a pork pie hat, though, who kept standing on the side. He paid a ticket to see a film, and he kept standing on the side watching it, and it was, I just didn't understand what he was doing. Like, he kept, he, he'd go and sit down occasionally, and then he'd go and stand on the side to watch it, and then he'd go and sit back down again, and there was maybe, like, no maybe, logical reason for maybe it. Maybe he dropped his drink on his seat, and he was just checking to see if it had dried out. I, don't, I just don't know. It was really, it was really <laughs> obscure behaviour. Are you sure it wasn't that it was three hours long, and he was worried about DVT? <laughs> maybe I don't know because this started like 20 minutes in it was weird and also saw Cinema Goblin so this was the this was the test to see whether he'd work there or not because we've only like yourself we've only been there in the afternoon or the evening yeah. so we can't see him so we don't know whether he is someone who works a day shift and maybe finishes around say three, four o'clock and that's why we always see him. You mean three, four, five, six? Seven. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw him last night talking to a female goblin. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Here, Laura Craven. Laura, how was your cinema experience? Hi. Uh, I it was good. I saw it on a Friday night at six o'clock, and equally thought it was going to be really irritating because it'd be full of loud people that don't know how to behave in the cinema. Turns out everyone was very well behaved. There were no screaming children, um, and I saw it with um, my family friend who's eleven years old, who had some very thoughtful insights, probably more than I do. <laughs> Mr. Philip Ellis, you're back. Welcome. Hi, I missed you guys. 
Yes. How was your cinema experience? It was good. I, I so like our guy Laura, I was a bit apprehensive because when I went to see Captain Marvel, uh, it was a Sunday afternoon full of toddlers. I was like, you are basically people have brought their their very small children because they wanted to see the film. But I went to see Endgame at half past ten at night on the Thursday that it came out so it started at eleven so uh, no kids there because it was too late got out there at sort of half two in the morning but worth it went to see it at Odeon Lux had one of those lovely reclining seats used my leather jacket as a blankie it was uh, <laughs> it was brilliant yeah. chair goes up chair goes down chair goes up chair goes it down it was I mean and, and the thing is like you need that level of comfort and relaxation because I was tense all the way through <laughs> And joining us today, Miss Becky Weaver, Hi. freelance journalist extraordinaire. Thanks for having me. Becky, do you want to introduce yourself and explain your cinema Ooh, experience for anyone? Pressure. So I'm a freelance journalist. I write about lifestyle, culture, entertainment, but I'm a huge Marvel fan as well. So I also went to see it in Odeon Lux, near me, not Birmingham because I don't live in the area, sorry. <laughs> um, I actually didn't see it until last Saturday. So I had to avoid spoilers like the plague and blocked every possible word on my tweet deck so I didn't see anything. <laughs> it's it just like horrendous. avoid the internet. Yeah, literally. And in my job, it's hard. <laughs> so I saw it at half past eight on a Saturday. Um, again, reclined my chair the whole way back because three hour film. And the last like sort of hour and a half, I spent most of my time in like a fetal position because I just could not cope. <laughs> and then I cried so much that my mascara bled into my eyes. <laughs> Driving home was a hoot. It was great. I had to have a little bit of a break, just some downtime. But the guy sat next to me kept going to the toilet. I counted six times. Sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> you just sit still, mate. Just like, don't order the extra large beverage to go and watch a three-hour movie. I had a movie. packet rustler as well. Oh, I um, had one of those in the cinema last night. Doing Tolkien, it's like that's a quiet film. Don't rustle a bag. There's like. nothing I hate more. I was seeing it in iSense anyway, so it was like super loud. Mm. But I could not get past this packet rustler. I just wanted to grab them and just love them. <laughs> it is too much. Can you not go three hours without eating? The person. <laughs> The person who sat, who needed the toilet, did they, knowing that the potential they were going to go multiple times, like myself, a, more, a, a to- frequent seat. toilet user, I, I always pick an aisle seat if I can, right. so make sure that I'm not distracting too many people by going to the toilet, I can get out easily. Did he pick an aisle seat, or was it... No, not? he was smacking the centre. Oh, but that's the thing is, The only thing is, with the, with the Lux, is that you've got, like, a good amount of space, so it was fine, I guess. He did a little, like, duck and go, but I was wondering, if he's leaving and coming back... Is he going to know what's going on? Well, I mean... Because yeah. I, I had like a panic wee before it started. <laughs> and then came back because oh. I just couldn't risk it. I was dehydrating myself all evening. I was like a wrestler trying to get into a lower weight class. <laughs> I... <laughs> I um so I, I went for dinner uh, beforehand with my friend. We had a sort of a very very light supper, and I had one glass of wine and one water. And then I was like, right, let's both. And it, it's like being with the kids. Like right now, let's both go and try and have a wee before we <laughs> yeah. go on this long journey. <laughs> I treated it like a long haul flight. Do you yeah. need the toilet? No. Do you need yeah. the toilet? No. Do you yeah. need the toilet? Still go. No. Go. Go. Yeah. Can no. I just say, I think that's a podcast first that Phil Ellis admits when you're having one drink. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I take this film. <laughs> it was a valid reason. So, you know. I mean, to be fair, he said he had water. We know it was a clear substance. Wasn't yeah. it? But um, no, I mean, but, uh, so this is because when I went to see Infinity War last year, it was um, after being at client lunch where I'd had a bottle of wine and a couple of cocktails. So I was 
A, I needed a wee the entire time, and also, I went out of that film, I was like, wait, do I remember half of what happened? <laughs> All I remember is Captain America stepping out of the shadows with that beard, and I let, <gasps> I let out an audible right. yelp. <laughs> okay, I have a point here. I was immediately upset when... He shaved. He shaved. Yeah. First, like, 20 seconds in, and he's shaving off, like, what is going on? Okay. It's just not the same anymore. I was really sad about that situation. Maybe your toilet... Because you saw it last week, so they probably have had time to see it twice. Maybe they needed the toilet so much from the first time that they filled in the blanks with them when they went to the toilet six times during the first film. So they've seen the whole film now over the course of Just two sittings. Over the course of two yeah. or three sittings. Yeah. I mean, I could agree with that. I went to see it a second time this week, uh, knowing that we were going to be talking about it. And no, th- this is like, it takes the pressure off when you're watching it a second time. It's like, yeah, I, 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 I took a coffee in with me, you know. Like, oh, you know, actually, yeah. I need a loop break and I'm going to wait because I know there's a bit like, you know, maybe where it's like, um, you know, Peter Quill or whatever. I was like, I'll wait, I'll wait till that bit and then I can go for a quick wee. I don't, I don't need to, I don't need that bit. Yeah, you know? but it's only because you don't like Peter Quill though. Yeah, I, you know, similarly I could save like my, my pee time for the Hawkeye scenes, but we'll get into that. Mm. How was your set experience? Because you chose to go 4DX, which I, I think I was wise. I went for the ultra expensive 4DX ticket for Ooh. two reasons. One, if, him, so if everybody else on that screen is paying that much, they expect behave. silence yes. mm. and expect well-behaved. We had a child sat next to an hour in a scenario. The child was perfect. Okay. Silent for the entire film. Got to the credits before he started talking to, I think it was his grandfather, about the film, what he thought about the film. He was it was like it was like having a mini actual mark of moment. Do you feel like giving him a little round yes. of applause? Do you reckon that kid got a real like quiet talking to before the film? Like, if you embarrass me during this film, <laughs> I am going to tell Santa Claus that you are a Nazi. <laughs> I I did have the arm the arm rest fight though. Oh, oh, I hate yeah, that. Because yeah. we were because the 4DX. If you've not been to a 4DX screening, they're blocked off in sets of four seats, and they all jump and spin around and like put you into the action. And it's 3D, and it really taxed my eyes. Actually, by the say, end of it, after three hours, I was like, start my eyes like just start to melt. Yeah. Out. So you have to wear the 3D glasses on top of your regular glasses, yes. right? Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah. too much for me. Yeah, and I was just like, by the end of the film, I was like, my eyes are done, and my bladder was full. But I managed to make an entire film without going through a break. That, well, that is like unheard of for me it's like I basically did exactly the same as Phil I was not drinking yeah, just at all. <laughs> I feel like this should be our new way of reviewing films like how many times did you let yourself go to the toilet Yes, yeah, about three times. How long did you dehydrate yourself yeah. for? Yeah. Well, and, and, and I, I am of the opinion that unless it is a, a you know Marvel epic like this, no film needs to be longer than ninety minutes. No. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I was just thinking. I've been going to the cinema for somewhere in the region of forty odd years, and I think I've on, on. I could count the number of times I've left the screen to go to the toilet on one hand. And so I've seen lots and lots of films, but I've, I've right, never just really pants. just pieces of pants. <laughs> But it's like it's like surely for a couple of hours through a day. I mean, I've been on bus journeys that have been longer than some so buses, this, this is, this uh, some is films. I mean, I understand why some people journey. relieve themselves on buses because if they have to go to the toilet eighty times during a film, what are they going to do during a trip from yeah. Cottage to I Birmingham? Think this is Keith not having a regular office kind of job. Well, this because is if you have easy access to a toilet all day every day, you've got a lax spell. If you work, in, yeah. work in a coffee shop, yeah. it's a freelancer. Or if, if there's easy access to any kind of toilet, 
you'll, you'll take full advantage. <laughs> I was stressed because we I obviously wanted to go see it in the morning. I work a morning and I have a, sometimes find myself that when I get to the toilet for certain things, there's a routine, there's a certain time there's I would a, go. There's a regularity. I was kind of concerned like when it got to like 9.45 or 11.30, uh, maybe... <laughs> Something was going to happen, and I was going to have to it's leave like the room pav- for a while. Pav- oh, one thing I wish is that people could see Laura's face right now. <laughs> 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 it's just such a disapproving look. I just didn't really need to know what you going to do. Yeah, if you get a message from me at nine thirty on the Facebook group, that's that's where I am. Wow. Shall we talk about the actual movie? <laughs> yeah. Shall we, shall we I feel like you guys have eased me into this wonderfully now. I've learned a lot more in the space of the ten minutes we've been chatting. So, act one. We'll, we'll split it into three acts of the movie. The, hour, the film is three hours long, and pretty much each act has an hour of the film. Yeah. So, act one is basically post-snapping. So, we, it's what, five, six days, I think they say, post it happening um, at the very start. It's something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah because um, yeah, yes, because I think in, in the opening monologue he says like they were able to get two days of flight out of the ship yeah. and then they've been dead in the water for two yeah. days or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So we open up with Tony Stark stuck on Pat Benatar. 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 Yeah. Benatar. Benatar. If anybody hasn't guessed by now, this is going to be very spoilerific. Yes. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. By the way, just, just turn it off. Yeah. I'll put a big spoiler up. But <laughs> the, the embargo has been lifted on spoilers. Yeah, yeah so. I was going to say, also, if you're yet to see this movie, have you been living under a rock? <laughs> well, it's now the second biggest movie of all time at the time of recording. It is just behind Avatar for gross revenue. Oh, the hell likes Avatar? Right, okay, this was the thing, the four Avatars thing. Oh, oh yeah, let's not even get it. <laughs> Detour, let's come back to that. Let, let's, let's return to yeah. the future of Marvel gonna, and Disney. It's like a bloody Smurfs movie instead. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially what you're saying is yeah. we all need to go and see it again. Yes. Okay. I'm planning to. I mean, like, back to. to the smile off Cameron's face. He's a smug gear and he's in that habit. He's in like, oh, I'm doing an habit about a watch. Sod off. Did do you want to make a film? Did you see his really embarrassing tweet? Oh, with yes. the Avengers logo sinking the Titanic. It's like, people, real people died, James. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. not... That's <laughs> not are you, funny. Are you saying that the Avengers are responsible for the death of hundreds of people in 1912? <laughs> like, what? what was worse was two weeks before that he tweeted out saying, yeah, I hope everybody has Avengers for C and just doesn't bother to go watch this film. Oh yeah, because that's exactly what's going to happen at the end of a decade's worth of storytelling. Yeah, we're gonna, it's a wrong man. We, yeah, we don't want to know what happens next. <laughs> I mean, I think we should start a rumor that the iceberg that sunk James Cameron's Titanic, not the actual Titanic, was actually the bit that Captain America was frozen solid in. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. That's a galaxy brain take right there. I don't understand how he feels. He can be so smug about this and think that he's going to be on top by the end of it when basically the top version of the film is a film about glorified blue sperm cells. So I just don't understand <laughs> why he's got a smile on his face. Well, considering how, how Avengers is at that point in only like two weeks or whatever it is, I can't yeah. see not no, smashing Avatar into the ground. week or so and we're probably going to have the biggest movie yeah. of all time. Well, I'm going to go back again, so... Yeah. Not adjusted for inflation, because nobody will ever be gone for the wind. Gone for the wind. Gone with the wind, that one. Gone for the wind. Oh, that sounds like somebody who's been a... in Avengers and they've had to wait three hours. Yeah, talk about a long movie. Like, how many times did you have to pee during Gone with the Wind? <laughs> oh, but they give you an interval in Gone with the Wind. True, true. But we're getting off track. Yes. So yes. <laughs> back, to, back to the Benatar, Lost in yes, Space. The Benatar, yeah. Lost in Space. We've got Tony Stark and Nebula playing paper football. <coughs> I love 
that little pairing. I love that we yeah. had a scene of that. Yeah. I, I would have watched a kind of maybe like a whole half hour like online webisode of just like their space adventures together. Yeah, I, I think it was a odd couple kind of pairing on purpose. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think because nobody yeah. would expect that, would yeah. you? And it was nice to see them like have this kind of like bonding session because Nebula hasn't really had a proper father figure with Thanos in her life. And you could see Tony was like trying to be like playing dad a little bit with them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not not to get too ahead, but I really did love the dynamic that Nebula had with the Avengers. Yeah, yes. I, I think yeah. she, she I, I preferred that to when she was in the Guardians movies. Because mm-hmm. I've never found Gamora that interesting, really. Yeah. Um, I loved um, her and Rhodey and her just being completely disdainful of that man. But we'll, 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 yeah. that, that, but that's we'll get, I mean, getting ahead of myself. That whole paper football thing was hugely yeah. a pivotal moment for her as a character because of the fact that Tony goes, you've won. Yeah. You, you've, yeah. You've, Done. Yeah. You finally you, you won. won. So for her, that was a moment that she hadn't had up until that point because yeah. she'd always been always put been down there. and had to play second fiddle to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a hugely significant moment for her. Yeah. And can we introduce our special guest star? <laughs> <laughs> we have our own rocket raccoon. We have Maxi the cockapoo in attendance. You can find Maxi underscore the underscore cockapoo on Instagram. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like he could build a bomb. Oh, I don't know. I mean, oh, no. He can it. certainly drop one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the look he gave Ryan when Ryan walked through the door was like nothing I've ever seen before in my life. He has knowing eyes. <laughs> I'm having that arm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the, the first yeah. time that I, I nearly I sort of teared up and got really excited yeah. was in that scene where he's like, he's sitting in the pilot's chair. Yeah. And, and it's sort of, it's a really, and it, the second time watching it, I realised what a long take it is until you start to see that glow of light and it's like, yeah. oh, no, 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 I know who it is, I know who it is. But mm. the thing that got me when he was doing his monologue to the Iron Man helmet was we had a callback straight away. <laughs> <laughs> the Iron Man helmet was the callback to Iron Man 2 when he hands the company over to Pepper and he goes, it's you, it's yes. always been you. And oh, it was just a really nice yes. little callback. And the was... first of a million callbacks yeah. in this movie, yeah. yeah. And it was really nice. And then, as we've mentioned, a big glowy presence from space oh, turns up outside the ship. Everyone's favourite super lesbian. Yes. <laughs> the AA of the stars. Oh, Captain God, Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really curious as to how her hair stays so, like, so styled in zero G space. See, this is the thing. If I walk outside now, mine would just go. But hers is just like floating. She looks like she's on a long It's the power of the Tesseract, you see. It's, yeah, yeah. it's, the, it's, yeah. the, it's the kind of the space, the, the space glow. Yeah, yeah. Hours. <laughs> Cree because you're worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that. Um, yeah. So yeah. So then, then we get the reunion scene, which again yes. is like that's another. Scene so we return to Earth. We got Scarlett Johansson basically trying to keep everything together. Where are friends gone? <laughs> yes, we've got a very distraught Captain America, and then we get without the beard. Without the beard. <laughs> without the beard. Don't forget that he does shave the beard off. Oh. God. Biggest loss, you know, even more than the snap. Truly. Yeah, it's more than the last Strongest supporting character in Infinity War that beard was. Oh. It'll never be the same. I mean, I think his real beard is Peggy Carter because, yeah. you know, his, the love of his life is Bucky Barnes, but we'll get into that. <laughs> so we get the reunion, we get Tony finally reuniting with Cap and having a quite, quite nicely well done. It, 
Yeah, it's, it's easy to forget that they have spent the, like the last several films apart. Yes, yes. and arguing with, with each other when they're together. Yeah. It's um, a state of having a proper old tiff in Civil War. Yeah, and, and, they, and they have that again sort of after that reunion scene, yeah. and it's only sort of yeah. later in the film that they finally do kind of yeah. get past it. When but. Tony pulls up in his badass Audi <laughs> with his snazzy sunglasses. Yeah, I mean, and, and then we basically have the let's go and kick Thanos' Can I interject now with yeah. some gripe yes. that I have? I get instantly annoyed pretty much 15 minutes in the film. What's the point of Captain Marvel? What is the literal point of Captain Marvel? Why was she there? How did she get there? How do they meet her? What's the ho- what is the point? There, there was literally, she just found like someone had been like, we need to get a woman into the scene who's a superhero, so we need to just Did you not in. see the end yeah, shot made, of no, the previous made no, made no Captain sense. Marvel movie? You, you infer that she introduced herself off screen because they, they, yeah, they, they wanted to see it. They couldn't, they couldn't spend that time introducing a character. You, they mm. kind of assumed that if you're coming in at this point, you know who she is yeah. and how she fits in. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't it work did, for me. It was it, jarring. It, it, uh, I do agree with God somewhat because you had yeah. the pager which was returned to Earth. But how did she find Tony and Nebula on the way? It was kind of like... Hadn't she, she returned to Earth at the end of Captain Marvel and she turns up and goes, yeah. what do you need me to do? Yeah. And so the rest of them say, you need to go and get Tony. They'll be somewhere between here and Titan. I felt, I just felt the introduction, the whole introduction, the fact she was just there wasn't what we were expecting from her when she finally met all yeah. these characters. It just, it just felt really jarring and like she was just... She's there's, just there's there no, just and that's there. it. There's no, yeah. re- there's no real kind of... She'd been built up as this is going to be the most like, there's no, powerful character Yeah, ever. there's no, like, yeah. who the hell have you, where the hell have you been, the kind of bigger deal, just a throwaway comment. Yeah. I feel, but I feel like it's a problem because they made this before they made Captain Marvel, and I maybe think that the Captain Marvel decided not to include potentially relevant stuff to what had been recorded here, and there's, there's just been a, a little bit of a... Maybe five minutes of film missing where we would have needed a bit more of a, a bigger bang, here she is... This it may become in a director's cut version of the film. Yeah, that, which Maybe, I, yeah. I'm assuming there will be a four and a half hour director's cut. Oh, that's all right. I mean, I do agree that there is a bit of a disconnect between her movie and this one. Yeah, mm. um, and I think even just maybe in terms of like how she's written and her performance, they really figured out who Carol is in her movie. Whereas this, it's like we have so much story to get through. We have so many characters. We kind of can't really spend yeah. too much time with her. Well, you've got eleven franchises and twenty-one films to try and cram into yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, and also because she's so powerful, they had to come up with a, a kind of logical in-story reason for why she's not been around this whole time and why yeah. she's going to be off-screen for a large portion of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I just, I, I love her. <laughs> yeah, I just think that given how clever they've been with the rest of the the franchise, Captain Marvel has been pretty kind of let down by the rest of it. Like, her film was okay. It Mm. certainly have been better. Yeah. Um, And then she's in this, and like you said, there's a bit of a disconnect, and she sort of hangs around a bit. And you do sort of wonder if they had this massive, like, important person that could have fixed everything. Like, why didn't they get involved before? And I know they kind of explain all of that. But it does leave that, and I, it, it very much reads like an afterthought. Yeah. Whereas lots of the yeah. other characters, so even sort of the, the importance of Black Panther movie, all of those kinds of things have been really well received. Yeah. Captain Marvel just felt a bit of a dud. I think the problem with that film is, as it was going to be the first properly female yeah. superhero-led MCU movie, where it's not a side character or part of an ensemble cast it was always going to struggle because 
people were expecting too much from it. Yeah, I feel like extent. the thing is they built it up so much though that people expected, like you said, people expected a lot from it. So when you sit and watch Endgame and she's only in it for those like fragments. Yeah. I think for me it felt much more, and you can see that actually that film was made it was a phase one movie yeah. that was yeah. dropped in phase three. But actually, three. Yeah. they tried to shove in as much of her backstory as they could, but it very much felt like a film that was made to explain her point, to yeah. her purpose in, in Endgame, What they should disappointed. What they should have done is actually extended the scene at the end of Infinity War to the moment you see the pager, and then actually her coming down through, through space, saying, to, coming yeah. to Earth, and then the next post credit scene would have been the one we would have seen in that film, like, meeting the Avengers because You could have just done it over two... And I just feel like if we'd seen her a bit sooner, it just... Because the, the credit scene in Captain Marvel almost felt like it was, like, you know, the end of Ant-Man, where you kind of get that little preview clip for the Civil, Civil War. War. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. it felt more of a preview clip of something we expected to see in this well, film. You had exactly the same in Ant-Man and the Wasp, which was... Yes. Yeah. It was a preview clip for Endgame, really, and it was more of a case of, this just will just explain where... Ant-Man will be at the start of Endgame. But and he, that's all it was. Even so, with Carol Danvers, there's no explanation about her, why, she's, why she hasn't aged. There's no explanation as to any of this. And I feel like there wasn't any thought put in. And maybe we'll, we some will see later. But it, it, because we didn't get any of that, and a throwaway comment of, like, why have you not been around before? Because other people needed help. I don't feel was sufficient enough. I think it's just down to the accelerated timescale that we've had towards Phase 3. Because we've been churning three moves a year. Where in Phase 1, we had one a year. Yeah. Up until Avengers Assemble, and it's just been accelerating and accelerating. It, it's exactly the same problem they have in the comics when they've got overly powered cosmic characters. It's yeah. difficult then to write their ability set into a movie where you've got characters who have no superpowers yeah. other than being a bit stronger and a bit more kind of faster yeah, like, than like, other people. If Carol Danvers were in the whole movie, what the hell would be the point of a Black Widow? Yeah. yeah. Or, or even to some extent, Captain America. Or Iron yeah. Man, she's got the power set that can replicate pretty much all of those. Yeah, I think I think when you look at the whole film, though, just her being there, I actually don't think she was necessary. Or I feel like she, this film didn't need her in it at all. I feel like they could have saved her for Phase Four. Yes, okay, we did I, it because of the whole we need a female superhero, and that's what Marvel tried here. It's kind of like maybe you could have launched Phase Four with her instead and have her origin. I think, I mean, all the issues that we're talking about is like these are the issues that happen when you wait a full decade to do a female mm. movie. Yeah, this like yeah. The, like Captain Marvel should have come around the same time as Thor One. Cap we 1. should have had Black Widow after Iron Man Two. Yeah. Or something like that. And the fact that we're only now going to be getting a Black Widow film, it's like, yeah, that was, we wanted that five or six years ago, you know, yeah. at, at a minimum. Right, to return to the plot. <laughs> yeah, because so, we've gone way up tangent again. We've got the team together. We're off to Garden, is the new world where Thanos is having his gentle retirement, making a bit of brekkie, just having a peaceful life. And then the team basically come and pretty much, again, spoilers, kill Thanos with, without a blink. Within the first 20 minutes of yeah. the movie to which my dad said it took too long to get going yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so, we so we've lost the big bad yes. first 20 minutes of the movie we come out of it and I was like what did you think of it and he went oh it just took too long to get going and I'm like hold on though within the first five minutes a load of more characters have been dusted and then the main bad guy has been killed and you're saying it took too long to get going Oh, but I think by that point he wasn't the big bad, though, was it? That was it. Kind of. It was. It was done. It was yeah. over and done. Yeah. His his role in 
the situation had finished. He destroyed the Infinity Stones in his eyes. It's 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 done. Yeah. No way yeah. going back. I think what I honestly I'm a rewatch. What I found really interesting about that scene was like that is like you can see where Thor's whole PTSD storyline is already starting. Yeah. Like when they're like, oh, let's go get Thanos. He's sitting at the table with a can of beer eating bread. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh, yeah. he's taken on that whole yeah. responsibility that everything is his fault, his and fault. even though he does what they said he should do in that scene, you can see that he gets he, he gets no, nothing from it. It's yeah. like it's, it's done, but it's made no difference. Yeah, and it's the whole I I went for the headline, but mm. he knows himself this yeah. is too late. It's now. like a it's it's a bitter yeah, yeah. yeah. which is just lashing out basically because that's all the yeah because it's really weird because they give the most comedic characters the most heavyweight emotional baggage yeah. to carry through the movies it's really strange but it works really well but his we... entrance was amazing though yeah his entrance was incredible just smashing straight through your whole building <laughs> I think peak Thor because we've had that Infinity War version of Thor is everybody just expects him to be like pretty much Odin levels of strength now mm. Mm. and it's kind of it's just it's it's as read that he's going to be one of the more powerful characters. I think him and pretty much Captain Marvel are on the same level in the MCU terms. And again, so I guess that in order to make the, in order to give this film its story, they have to kind of sideline him in a yeah. way. And so it's, instead of depowering him, they sort of like give him a bit of a an identity crisis. Yeah. yeah. And then basically we're left in this first act with the Avengers not knowing what to carry on and do anymore. Well, half the population of the planet is gone. Yeah. They've killed the bad guy, but it's made no difference. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it was, it was them trying to correct a failure that they couldn't fix. It's the way I felt that, the way that act finished. Yeah, very much so. And then we have our time jump. Five years. I did like the way they did it though. Five. Oh yeah. they, they And then just, them. I went, yeah. well, how many? What, five weeks? Five months? Yeah. 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 Um, because I think the assumption was that it was going to take maybe take place maybe like six months to a year later. Yeah. yeah. Like time enough to give everyone a new hairstyle, but like, yeah. but no, it's like the entire world has been sitting with this for for half a decade now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then we start with in recovery. Basically, he's taking over Sam Wilson's job with the VAs, and it's like how I mean, do we move? Steve. Yeah. yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> we got Steve, and it's like how do we move on from this? And he's the only one who feels like he's trying to grow past it. Yeah. Yeah, which is his. That's been his arc the entire time. Is like, yeah. is that how do I move on with my life when I've been to sort of I, I've been taken out of time. Yeah. Um. And he and the, I mean the whole his whole arc in, in Winter Soldier is like you know try, do I make friends and try and have connections in in the here and now instead of living in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But that scene is immediately followed by him saying, "Yeah, like I I we we never move on. I I don't yeah. move on." And we have the first openly LGBT <sighs> character, Phil. I know you have. Opinion it's it's not an opening. It's not a character. He's 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 credited as grieving man. That is not a character. <laughs> it's it's if if that scene if that scene had just come along without any fanfare, it would have been like okay, here's a start. You yeah. Know. Um, I mean, it's it's shocking that it's taken ten years for that to happen. I, I I'm counting it as like that that doesn't count. It's still yet to happen. Yeah. Um, the fact that they made such a big deal about have it having a gay moment. It's like when Disney said that about Beauty and the Beast and it turns out to be three frames of footage. Yeah. Um, I think there needs to be a version of the Bechdel test yeah. where if, a, if a, an LGBTQ character does not have a name and is not seen doing something queer, then yeah. it doesn't count as representation. And the fact that the Russo brothers inserted one of themselves into that role yeah. because they thought it was going to be such a great thing, it's like, oh God, you have so much to learn. Yeah. It's, it's also, isn't it, like... 
hold on a minute, you haven't even bothered to get an actual actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give a gay actor that two-minute yeah. role, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, somebody... I'm sure there's millions of people who would love a cameo in an MCU movie. Yeah, and, and they're, they're doing this whole thing now with the Eternals, which we'll talk about in our, our next episode. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, again, it's it's like the whole, it's with the Captain Marvel and the Black Panther thing and everything. It's like, it's taking you so long to do this, so do it right. Yeah. And then basically, so we have this scene with Steve and the whole how to cope and then we cut to the Avengers base and we got Scarlett Johansson still basically trying to be an Avenger and keep whatever's left of the squad together and doing missions and it's kind of like we get a mention of like oh there's an undersea earthquake what do we do who needs to be on point and the rest of the team are just like I really wish that we'd spent more time with that kind of like in those five years where it's like the Avengers still trying to be the Avengers, even though know, like they've they've already failed. I, I I think that was kind of a missed opportunity. And also, yeah. here is Okoye in one of her two scenes. I <laughs> yeah. I get now why Denai Guerrero's name wasn't in the poster. They sort of massively bigged up what kind of role she was going to be having. Yeah. I feel like that was a lot of pointless controversy because it yeah if she's got a very minimal role in the film and yeah, yeah don't don't put on poster. I mean like yeah, yeah. She doesn't put her on the poster and give her a name. Yeah, and it's, and it's, I mean, I'm glad that she was in it because she is brilliant. I just wish that, but again, it's like there are so yeah. many characters and she's not a main, main character, so I understand why she was sidelined a bit. Yeah, and then we've got Rocket and War Machine, and Captain Marvel says, I'm nipping off now. Why have we got War Machine still? <laughs> got to clock out for a while, yeah. I'll see you in a bit, is pretty much the I'll entire. See you. Yeah, oh god. And she's had a haircut. Uh, but I, I'm glad about that because yeah. the, the, the high glam look she came in with did not feel in character for her at all. Yeah. And it was more mo- matching the modern comic book version that yes. we have of Cal. It's the Kelly Sue McCormick version, yeah. yeah. And then basically this entire plot now hinges on a mouse. Ah, oh, yes. It's not a man, it's a rat. It's a rat. It was a rodent. Yes. It's a rodent yeah. that clicks a button. It's, yes, this, this, this quantum machine is so high-tech that a mouse can run across the keyboard and like and so it. This is yeah. where I think it's the callback to Infinity War with the 14 million varieties, is they, the rat clicked the wrong button so many oh. times. Oh, 14 million 605 yeah. in all those, yeah. in all those universes oh my god I never thought of that <laughs> so we're only in the one timeline where the mouse goes click and um, blind chance yes yeah. and then Paul Rudd magically reappears I so Paul Rudd I mean he's not a character I thought would play a big role in this film at all I, I, the Ant-Man films are kind of superfluous yeah. really but like his dramatic acting when he in his, that in that first really long scene of him kind of coming to terms with what's happened and yeah. being reunited with his daughter, I was like, he's so good. I take it you've never seen the Cider House rules. <laughs> I have not. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it 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 was one of this is like this was our gut punch, I think, mm. and this was where a lot yeah. of people probably in the cinema went, "What has happened to the world?" Because we're, we're five years down the line, half the population has disappeared, but we've got streets which are empty. We've got abandoned vehicles we've got mm. missing posters everywhere and it's kind of like society hasn't recovered and it seeds what's going to happen later on which is yeah. the people who survived are five years older and yeah. that is going to create a whole load of other issues yeah. by the end of the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> but so basically he turns up at the Avengers compound and goes hello I've been missing for a while yeah what's happening yeah <laughs> and then what's it's, going on and then it's Cap and Scar going Let's get the band back together, people. 
and then oh yeah and then we yeah. just go into like this brilliant second act yeah, oh, yeah. so we go into this brilliant second act we have we, we get our, are we skipping past Professor Hulk well, the, I was that, just oh, about to come on to that oh, we, we get oh. the final convergence of Bruce Banner and the Hulk into a single being it's kind of the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde has disappeared now and it's kind of, he's balanced. And it was really nice to see because in Thor Ragnarok he says, Earth hates Hulk. And in yes, these scenes, and yes, this, this one, yeah. it's like people like him, people come up and take selfies with him. You've got Ant-Man sitting there going, hello, and hello, I still exist, hello. He's just a giant dork. He's like, dad, <laughs> listen to your mom. He's just like such a nerd, but also really hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we also get Pepper and Tony's new life on the... On the pre- There's just something about Pepper Potts which just really annoys me. It's Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you just, feel like she's going to sell you some jade eggs yeah, at any I point on the She's such a spare part. She just gets on my nerves. It's the fact that she's reading a book on composting. It's like, oh, this, this, that's very good. <laughs> God. And then we meet Tony's daughter as well. Oh, the plot device. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, the emotional weight that's going to make you engineer your time heist in the most illogical, inconvenient way possible. She felt so much like a carbon copy of Ant-Man's daughter. Yes. Yeah, except Ant-Man's daughter has had an, a role in two films that we've seen, yeah. so we, we already had a connection with Cassie. Yeah. I can't even remember what Ant-Man's daughter's name is. Morgan. Ugh. Yeah. But it, 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 it just felt like this is a carbon copy. We've got a spunky little girl who's going to tinker with the dead stuff and it's like, yeah. and we can see why Tony loves her and we see why Tony doesn't want to change history. And, then we, and again, it's like, because it's bringing his tenure up to a close, so he's gone from being this kind of, you know, asshat playboy to a loving <laughs> husband and father. It's just, this movie, yeah. it, it, I read a really interesting article yesterday, where this movie is the heteronormative agenda, just yeah. like embodied. Like, if, you, if you're giving someone a happy ending, it has to be with a spouse and a child. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but like, so, so that child is there to basically be like, right, well, we can't just undo the snap yeah. at, the, at the time. We have to kind of bring everyone yeah. forward in time five years. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the world, and I understand because we've had this five-year gap, and we're going to have children being born. We're going to have the world has changed; people have moved on, got new partners, and it's going to be. This is going to create a whole series of issues, I think, going forward into phase four. But um, I think the scene between him and Cap is the pivotal moment here because he's basically like, "I'm not an Avenger anymore. I've moved on. I'm a family man now." And then we see he just can't leave it alone. Mm. He's he's got to go and try and fix it. It's part of his personality. It's, it's that self-sacrifice complex that we have for him because he was told very early on in the MCU by Captain America, you'll never be the person who lays down his life for anybody else. But they set up the whole idea that yeah. he's living on borrowed time from the yeah. very first movie because, in effect, he should never have got out of that cave. No. So he's he's been li- he's always well, the whole been... The MCU depends on Yinsen, basically, rescuing yeah. from that cave in the first place. Mm. Yeah. But um, we, we've had multiple times that he's tried to sacrifice his own life we've had the whole bit in the Avengers Assemble multiple times it's been he'll lay down his life to make sure they really think because he feels responsible and then we get the whole time watch bit um, quickly mentioned Ronin I felt Jeremy Renner was pretty much superfluous for the entire film so I, I can only assume that all of the white supremacists and rapists in the US got snapped away because he is going after all those non-white people in yeah. his serial killing spree. It's The optics of that are really weird. It's like, my wife and children have died. I will avenge them by killing the Japanese. Yeah, I'm going to go kill a load of Asians and Mexicans and like become this like serial killer with a, 
a, a like alt right hairdo and really tacky tattoo, and then that somehow means he deserves having a happy ending. I think they were attempting very clumsily to show that he was off fighting the kind of structural bad guys. Yeah. So it was trying to show him as kind of fighting the yakuza, wasn't it? Rather it's- than. The people who'd filled the power vacuum, I think. They, yeah. they didn't. Ex- they didn't really set that up in a way that could make more sense. The fact that when you snap away half the population, the people that are going to take over are the ones that are, ex- are going to exploit everybody else. Yeah. It's that that idea of. I mean, it's a clumsy way of having a dig at current political. Yeah. Uh, regimes and the way that kind of like the, the bad guys are going to step in and exploit everybody and go, oh we're going to look after you but so if it was clumsily done not and not given enough sense they kind of just went took him from where he was at the beginning and then dropped him into this situation with not really much of an explanation well they tried to give him a redemption arc which he doesn't really need as a character anyway because he he's, he's been an assassin for the entire time he's been you in the MCU you really don't like him do you no I don't okay. so we get a very short comedy scene with Ant-Man de-aging and re-aging very quickly. Someone peed my pants. <laughs> and then, or I peed my pants. Uh, then, I, gi- I give as much credit to Mark Ruffalo in that scene, going, yeah, it's fine, i got all the controls, it's good, I, I know what I'm doing. It was an absolute win. Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. So we get the conventions of Tony and Bruce's technology, and they build a working time machine. And then we get the whole, band's back together, guys, let's all suit up. Yeah. Yeah. I, also, I, I love the whole montage of them just like hanging around eating Chinese food, talking about what's happened in the last ten years of movies. Yeah. It yeah. was like a nice like here's what you here's what you need to know about all of these films that we're going to be going back and revisiting. Yes. And then Guy is going to be suing Marvel very soon for copyright infringement. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I you know I've had some time off from the show to go and film the film. Um, <laughs> I feel like being part of that is helping people like. You know, help me and my body confidence. I hope like it's helping others with body confidence. Um, but yeah, it was nice to get asked to be in you know on the big films of all time. Really, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be back for the sequel. But again, <laughs> this is nice to see that just because you're a superhero doesn't mean you have to look like you've just stepped off the cover of. Thanks, Ryan. Take a, a ripped man. You don't have to look like you've been ripped and like moulded by some Roman statuesque person. Alright mate, you're taking it too far. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, a little bit of Corgan Meek, which is always good fun to have. Oh, could, yeah. could we maybe explain the guy reference to people that, yes. are, that might not know? I look like a fat fool. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so we meet Thor having a bit of a crisis of confidence. He's supposed to be one of the most powerful beings in the universe. He couldn't defeat Thanos at the time. Uh, he's basically just turned into a bit of an alcoholic He's got a little bit of a pot belly going on. The vibe he has in this film is so perfect though, because Thor is that kind of golden boy who was a real jock and popular like as a younger man. Yeah. And now he's sort of just like really lost. He's like, oh, I've graduated and like everyone else has moved away and I just don't know what I'm doing with my life. And he's just like hanging around playing video games, drinking beer. Like Uh, everyone knows that guy. Well, he's lost the two people who guided his life the most. He's lost his mother, he's lost his father. Uh, Even Loki for what is worth gave him some guidance yeah. and you can feel like he has completely lost everything around him and he just doesn't know how to carry on anymore. We've got new Asgard, which I'm sure is going to be a new tourist destination very soon. And yeah. we get a little bit of Valkyrie, which is nice to see. Oh, but we get more of her towards the end. Yeah, we're very happy. Um, but yeah. I, I think it's nice the way they brought him back and there's like you get the Lebowski references and it was nice to see that just because you're one of the most powerful beings in the world doesn't mean you can't have a couple of off months. Yeah, yeah I, that's what I really liked as well. I liked that they showed that vulnerable side of Thor. 
that he's not just this big kick-ass guy all the time. Yeah. And they do kind of, they, they've changed the character with each movie that he's been in a bit. And I think the, la- the last few it's worked. Like, basically turning him into just like a dumb, funny jock in Ragnarok worked. Yeah. And then that worked because then it led into this, well, what happens when the dumb, funny jock kind of has a huge loss? Yeah. And he goes through this kind of like depressive slump and it, it, do- it does track. Yeah. Um, it's some of the fat jokes felt a bit kind of... Yeah. Ish. Yeah, but yeah. I, I I like that when he rediscovers that he's worthy, he doesn't magically become buff again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Although I, I, again, without trying to sound like I just keep going on about it, it, it does feel like for what they've done, which is they they've treated him very well and they played his vulnerability very well, and they've really yeah. thought about it. Where was that on some of the other characters? Mm. Yeah, um, that's a good point. So it feels. Again, without trying to make comic book films feel like male films, it feels very much like this is aimed at the kind of what we're seeing with a lot of the stuff around um, toxic masculinity and that kind of issue, which is very good. But I just wonder how we've they've managed to make a film which very carefully, very considered with that, but then failed I, so well with some I of the other characters. With such a big cast, it was going to be everybody was going to be an avatar for something going on. And I think that's the problem that they had was you had the whole Jeremy Renner bit with the redemption art. You had Thor with his Christ and confidence. They've had to just basically concentrate on one character to have. They've, they've had to these basically arts. just guide the film around the the, the core trinity of yeah. characters that they'd set up from the very beginning. So it's Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. They've yeah. got they've got to somehow resolve their kind of arcs. And in yeah. three hours, even with three hours, they still can't. Deal with all of that. Clear the chessboard to a to a certain extent yeah. to ready themselves for what comes next. So I think it's a it is a case of pe- pe- some people getting short shrift yeah. because it, narratively they're just like, how do we deal with this? And I don't think it makes good narrative sense to do it in there. But I can see why they've had to do it because they've just kind of had to push things forward. And is it a case of these these characters, these actors, are the ones whose contracts are up there yeah. in the franchise? We need to give them this movie this is their final story yeah it's this one song as a film okay so we move into the time hopping settlement now so we've got the team split up so we have cap tony off on one team we have nebula and war machine off on another team we have uh, black widow and what's his face Hawkeye. 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 Ronin. That was what I remember <laughs> off on another team. So all, every, every team's tasked with picking up one of the stones, basically. So I think partnering Tony and Caput was trying to, again, solve their com- their um, conflicts that they've had at, over multiple occasions here. Mm-hmm. It was basically like wedging them together means forcing them to have to work together. But I, th- I thought this was very nicely done the way the time hop was back into previous movies. I love... This was one of my favourite bits of that movie was yeah. how cleverly that was done. There was that scene with um, uh, Nebula and who was she partnered with? Oh, uh, with Rhodey. When they're watching yeah. him yeah. And there outside was, the music. And there was no music. There was just... Star Lord singing and having a bit of a dance. I thought that was so wonderful how they were getting those little bits of humour in there. Yeah. Because this is where it was kicking off now. This was the beginning of it starting to really pick up the pace. Yeah. I love that. I really like the little bit with the time stone as well when you got Mark Ruffalo and the ancient one together. And it was kind of like, yeah, yeah I need that. It was like, no, you yeah. and, and that was like... Again, sort of exposition 101. Here's, yeah. here's how alternate timelines yeah. work. Yeah, and I thought... But Stephen gave it up. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. It's like where Doctor Strange is like, well, he's still doing surgery at the minute. I also quite like the bit with the Ancient One to kind of show that there were other characters outside of that main battle that were still yeah. doing stuff to kind yeah. of hold yeah. down um, the fort in terms of what was going on in New York. And I thought it was very succinctly done about this whole how to fix the timeline because it gave us our explanation of how they could fix it. They could have said anything for that bit. Yeah. Really. It's the it's the Doc Brown chalkboard moment. It's like <laughs> none of this really makes any sense. Yeah. But, but let's go with it. That's like, fine. No one thought about it, did they? They just went, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah you see, remember that scene where Doc Brown said this happens and so, <laughs> but if you go back and do this, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. So like, <laughs> And I think it was nice as well with the Battle of New York we can see the progression of the characters as well. Oh, when I mean, Hulk's like, Oh, this is all so gratuitous. <laughs> <laughs> He's an evolved Hulk now. Yeah, but, yeah. And why, although you might have America's ass, they, surely they must have said that costume, Steve, just is not yeah. good. I mean, the whole fight scene that we have between 2012 Captain America and 2023 Captain was America was glorious. It was very well sh- done, very well shot, and it was a case of like you can see, you can see where he's, he's just he's done now. He's yeah. just bored of this. I can go all day. Like, oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, oh, the slash fic that will be written about that scene. I mean, again, it's Hold another... On a second. How much of it will be written by you, though? A lot. <laughs> but, I mean, Chris Evans, though, as the embodiment of Steve Rogers. I mean, yeah. for me, for one of the big things about the whole this whole Marvel universe that they've created is that they've actually taken a character that I quite like as, as yeah. a character who's awfully misunderstood in most quarters, and they've took yeah. him and actually gone... This is quintessentially what Cap is about. about yeah. This is what Steve Rogers... And they've caught that perfectly pretty much through all the movies. And Chris Evans has been the embodiment of that. And I love, I love the little Civil War nod as well with the lift scene. And it's kind of like, yeah. you know he could have beaten up everybody in that lift, but he's on a timeline now. He ain't got time to mess about. Quick Hell Hydra. Yes. Got the, got the Tesseract. I'm out of here. I love that that is... Like, so that was like obviously a nod to... Um, was it Secret War? Uh, or, yes, um, yeah. Secret Empire. Secret, Secret Empire, Empire. Yeah. and, and, and yes, yeah, so you have Captain America saying Hail Hydra, and the, uh, that was one of the moments where, when, when it's so great seeing it in a crowded cinema, and everyone was like, ah, oh, ooh, <laughs> yes, yes, oh, that's that's very clever, very yeah. funny, yeah. And then we also get the bit with Tony versus Tony as well, with it, the whole bit where he's like telling Iron Man, uh, telling Ant Man how to disable. Oh, himself. And, and then like you get the, like the little defibrillator mule near. He's like, I have no idea that was going to work. It's just yeah. <laughs> It's, but considering this is a movie about like PTSD and genocide, it's really funny. Yeah, it is very funny. Yeah. Also, Tom Hiddleston just going, oh, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm off to my own spin-off show. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. I'm gone. Yeah. So if we go to the cosmic side then. So we mentioned War Machine and Nebula. And it was nice to see how Nebula's character has grown again. So we, mm. we've gone back here to the start of Guardians of the Galaxy. We've got Nebula and Gamora who don't know any of the other Avengers, any of the Guardians of the Galaxy at this point. They're pretty much are the daughters of Thanos. They just want to get the stones and fulfil their father's dream. And then we get introduced to this whole Nebula and Nebula's network gets crossed over, which was which a little bit of a cheat. It makes kind of sense, but yeah. also not. It's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we need this to happen to progress the story, so like, don't think about it too hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like that's generally the the kind the of whole thing. film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was basically here's a quick cheat way of getting around this yeah. issue. But I I really enjoyed the pairing of as you said, War Machine and Nebula. I think they worked quite well as a comedy kind of couple. Yeah, they made a good duo. Yeah, and there was that one like again like a tiny brief moment, but it was like a really nice sort of uh, idea that you don't have to be entirely able bodied to be a superhero either. Yeah. I, I really liked that. Yeah. 
Then we get the extra little bit, so we go back to the 1970s because the Tesseract's been taken away again, and we get a really touching moment with Tony and Tony's dad. Oh, that got me. <laughs> I that kind of flies in the face of everything we know about his dad's character, though. That's like we're we're rounding out this guy's story, so we need to give him a happy scene with his dad. I think we're at this point where Tony's just going to be very young. He's going to be either just being born or he's just a very very small child. Not quite been born. I he's don't not, think. Yeah, no, no, he's, not he's not a couple yeah, of years yeah. off. And it's like, yeah, it, it, it was very field of dreams for me. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm talking to my dead dad about fatherhood. And it was just yeah. like, that was the bit where I, I would go for a wee if I went to see But, wee I wee mean, wee. all three of them did it in a way. Had yeah. a, had, had a, an opportunity to try and redress yeah. points mm. in their lives when they thought, oh, well, we yeah, I was Steve. a bit of a dick, really, at this point. And yeah. I, oh, well, we you know, had Steve's I've not been good. pervy little bit where he's just creeping on. Oh, that was a bit creepy, that. <laughs> yeah. But that was just to basically remind everyone, oh, remember, remember this incredible woman? Yeah. yeah. That, that's going to be important later on. Yeah. yeah. I think this, sorry, sorry to be I think the scene for me that worked, that was kind of covering very similar ground, was between Thor and Freya. Yeah. That was the one where I was yes. like, but yeah. that's because I can't get enough of Rene Russo. But again, the whole, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, and then the whole bit with Mjolnir flying in. Oh. I want to know what happened with 2013 Thor. He was like, Oh, sometimes it takes a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure in, in, there's parts in Dark World where yeah. Mjolnir has gone off yeah. and he's flying around going all confused. It's like, because they transport him from different planets when yeah. Loki flashed him from places. So there are points yeah. where who knows And does Mjolnir take the hammer go. back in time with him at the end. Yeah. So he will return it to exactly the same point, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. But it, yeah. it was great to see this whole you're not Renny Russo's character straight away you're not my Thor you're you're like more screen time than she got in the entire original Thor pretty much yeah Yeah. Um, and we got three seconds of Natalie Portman which I assume was dubbed in footage from the previous oh yeah I don't don't think she spent a single second on set that was all B-roll I I think the one shutting the door was not Natalie Portman (laughs) yeah Yeah. I I do love that I mean I don't think Thor the Dark World is a movie that anyone really was keen to revisit but they managed to mine some really good stuff out of it we have the swapped out Nebula, yeah. Yeah. So basically, past Nebula takes the place of future Nebula. Yeah. But also we have the you know the whole like one of the the second fridging of uh, was that Scar was that ScarJo and and Hawkeye just being like yeah. racing each other to get out of this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a case of we knew that Hawkeye wasn't going to die because because he has a family and heteronormativity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, reconnect with He's his a family. serial killer, so he deserves a wife and children. And to be honest, the Black Widow's character has been looking for any way to kind of sacrifice herself the entire run of the films. Yeah, I, I, I she, she always yeah. feels like she's like trying to make her her calls like this is getting the red out of my ledger. So calling back to Avengers yeah. Assemble, and it's like this is her redemption of this is how I how I've done my part now. I think it's the best acting she's done in all of yeah. the films. It was incredible. Um, that was. Yeah. I think it's the only chance that she's had, though. Yeah, because she. Yeah, because it's for the first half of the movie. There's obviously so fewer characters. She actually gets lines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the one thing that always got me as well is how awkward would it what must have been when t- when a cat goes back to Vormir to drop the stone off at the end of the film, and it's Red Skull, and it's Red Skull, and it's like, hi. Okay. That would have been a brilliant post-credit scene, actually. Um, but also that scene, it was kind of annoying just because like we've 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 been to Vormir, we've had this whole thing before in Infinity War. Yeah. yeah. It just uh, felt like a real retread. It's like if you're going to give a character a dramatic death, don't kill yeah. her in exactly the same way you just did. And I don't Laura. think it had 
near as much emotional impact as I thought it was going to for mm. somebody who's been in the franchise that long. Yeah, it got me, but not as much as I thought it would get yeah. me. It was yeah, just it like was it, it was a little bit of a. <gasps> Especially considering the giant farewell that lasted 10 minutes that Tony Stark got, it was like, oh, no, no funeral for Natasha? Okay. But I, I think, given that she's had a bit of a kind of. She hasn't had a great screen time throughout these bazillion films. How much of an emotional impact can you have? Because you don't have that you don't have as, as much of a connection with her yeah. as you do with yeah. Iron Man or Cap. And I think the writing for her has varied so differently. Like they've never figured out what to do with her. Whereas yeah. because again, woman. Um, whereas with Iron Man, there's always been that through line. With Cap, it's always been that through line, and I just never figured out for her what that is. This goes back to my point of the Black Widow movie should have been made eight, yeah. nine years ago. Yeah, and then we would care about yeah. this this death. Yeah. yeah. But so, so, yeah, so. so we've got all the stones together. Naughty Nebula isn't in the house. Naughty Nebula. <laughs> Naughty Nebs. Yes. She oh. sounds like a Beano character. She does. It sounds like someone you'd go to see in Benidorm. <laughs> you <laughs> might. It gets me that nobody picks up that she's kind of, her personality is completely Leave changing. Different. Yeah. But it's because she's because she always comes across as like slightly Rumble, cold yeah, and yes. offish. So I think they just kind of think, well, this, this is just a Nebula, so... She's just extra. Yeah. Also, there's no scenes where they could possibly pick up on that because they get the stones and they're immediately like, oh, that's dead, that's a shame. Okay, now let's just do the the snap. And then it's the argument of who's going to have the stones and do the wishing. And it's like, we got Hulk going, it's got to be me because I'm the only one who's going to be strong enough. And then it's like, Thor's like, well, no, I'm more badass than you. Yeah, I could have done without that. But I'm I'm also glad that because... Hulk's storyline really is over in this film. I'm glad that yeah. he at least did get one moment where he gets to be the one to bring everyone back. Yeah. And it's almost like, oh, my entire, my whole thing has been leading up to this. We, yeah. I had to overcome my rage to yeah. then be the person who saves everyone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was nice to have that. And then basically a big portal opens up and then... Big Purple's back. Oh my God. It was the scene when you've got like the trees and the birds and like, you know, Linda Cardellini's calling and you're like, what? what? And then immediately everything goes to hell. <gasps> yeah. Oh, I, I, I jumped and I, I, I squealed a little bit. See, this was when I went into my sort of little ball <laughs> trauma <laughs> because I knew it was all going to hell. I was like, okay, so it's been funny now and I've laughed a lot. So when's it gonna? Oh, there it is. That's where it's gonna punch you right in the gut. See, the thing is, I sympathised much more with Infinity War Thanos than Endgame Thanos. Yeah. I think he actually had a lot of growth in the whole. He's not a villain. He's a. He's just trying. Well, to, he's he, the he, hero in his own head. He had to endure a pretty. Uh, yeah. epic amount of things to get the stones yeah. during the course of, of his time for Endgame. Um, in this in this instance he's gone oh yeah they're just they've got them for me it's yeah, fine it's like, yeah, it also make it a bit easier and it feel a bit hollow yeah at, like at the end because it's like that's not the one who actually killed everyone yeah yeah also as well how did everybody survive that uh, yeah because like Ant-Man <laughs> took that in the full in the face so I watched that <laughs> On the second time, you can see him shrinking down as the explosion's happening. So, really? Yeah, oh. Yeah. Smart. Because that was when I was like, oh, no, they killed Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah, that was like, when that went off, you just went, oh, what? Was like, oh. I was just like, what? Yeah. What, what? What just happened? What? And then you've got, like, poor little Rocket, who, like, he's drowning. Like, but save the raccoon. Don't, don't. But don't. again, that kind of called back to Iron Man 3 a bit when Tony's house gets blown up. Hmm. Yes. It was kind of very similar kind of feeling scene. When he gets his house blown up by the Mandarin, it was kind of like this. We've seen this before, but mm. it's just been scaled up again. Yeah, 
But the fact, yeah, the fact that it's Avengers headquarters, it just gets completely leveled. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then we get the Chitauri, not the terrible army that he had in Infinity War. So oh, we yeah. get we get the same army that's in pretty much that's been in Avengers Assemble back here to support Thanos. So we get the um, black is it Black Order? Yeah, the Black Order's back. Yeah, so we get everybody's back basically. All the big bads from back, Thanos back, back are, again. are back. I was expecting somebody to go with the Backstreet Boys then. Uh, and we also have Gamora, who doesn't really like anybody else. No. <laughs> yeah. Because, again, she's not had that character no broke through the whole Gardens of the Galaxy. She was basically the linchpin of that first film, making them all work as a family. And it's kind of like, it's weird to see them all rock it, and everybody's like, well, she's not really with us here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, again, yeah. not to skip ahead, but how in Guardians 3, how they work that into it. Yeah. So basically, we have a big fight scene, which is pretty much the entire act is just one big fight scene. The big with the hammer! Yes. Am well, I the only person who didn't give a damn about that? I just didn't care. It was. What? No. Oh, my God! And the what a moment! And the fact that Thor didn't feel threatened at all. He was like, I knew it, I knew it, but yeah. you have the little one. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think the Russos have basically backpedaled as well as Joss Whedon and said, oh, he could have picked it up in. Uh, uh, I don't. Yeah. I yeah. don't buy into that whole idea yeah. that Steve didn't pick it up because he felt bad for Thor. I yeah. think it needed to get to this point it's where like it was. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. It's yeah. when when in your time of deepest need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I, I did like the little swap overs when it's like, no, I'll have the big. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but oh my god, yeah! When he gets that little signal, and oh. yes. but he also gets to say the words. You know, they yeah, teased yeah. us a few well, times where Steve gets to say Avengers Assemble well, and he finally that, does we it. We have the little call back to Winter Soldier with Falk going on, on your left. left. Yeah. yeah. And then And then the portals start opening and I cry. Yeah. Did you did you cry? I, well I did up and I got like full body goosebumps. It was it was so hard though to start picking out Everyone. Everybody oh was coming because yeah. I missed the Howard the Duck. I missed Crackling. I saw I saw the Ravagers and that, but I missed yeah. Howard, and it was like, how did I miss that? Now that yeah. Howard the Duck is now part of the team that that saves the universe. I love. Yeah. I love it's that. like, <laughs> yeah. yes, it is pretty much everybody from who's ever been like an ally turns up. Oh, Although have you seen the meme before. of all the all the defenders sitting in a basement in New oh, York going, yes. any minute now. Okay. Yeah, any minute now. Agents of Shield are like, well, <laughs> f my drag, right? But I suppose, uh, I mean, that if you if you're going into that battle against the Chitari, you you are not going to call in a bunch of kind of. You've got you've got a few guns that will ice yeah. people. It's like yeah. the, the, nobody really, apart from Quake, possibly yeah. from the. They're not they're not the people you're going to call in. Although they're, they're, Jessica's got Jessica's got powers, but, but no, it's like it's like that. Even that doesn't take away from the, yeah. how glorious that scene is when all yeah. those portals open. And Valkyrie is like a Pegasus. <laughs> I do feel Clark Gregg was hard done by considering he was such a big part of Phase 1. And it's but they all think he's dead still. Mm, I don't know. Well, well we've no it. idea what's happened yeah. to it. We actually we don't even know at this oh, point whether yeah. all the he's, Shield people are still alive well, at this I mean, point. Spoiler alert for Agents of Shield season five: he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> So. But as well as well the fact that the shield is bust as well at that point, and Steve yeah, yeah. just picks it up and just goes, "Nope, <laughs> you might have bust my shield, but, but yeah, I'm just, still coming." But just before that all happens, when it's the, the shot of just him alone going yeah. up against everything, oh, yeah. and you have the whole Thanos copter sword, which is 
Apparently the loud <laughs> yeah. the, new, the yeah. new thing is that's that's like you saw the top of the Thanos copter and it's kind of like <laughs> Oh it's like Rayman, the uh yeah. the old Nintendo game. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of like this felt like it wasn't a true it wasn't the Thanos from Infinity War. It felt like this was budget Thanos. It was yeah. a Thanos. Yeah. yeah. Not good. So anyway, the portal's all open, everybody's back. We have the touching Spider-Man, Iron Man reunion. Oh my god! Oh my god! (laughs) And we actually get the whole. This is what a real hug feels like because we have the bit in Spider-Man Homecoming where he goes. I'm just getting the door. I'm just getting the door. But this is really nice, and I cried. That it took me up until that point where he hugged Peter Parker that I lost. I lost it. I cried. And then we have the whole catch the pigeon bit with the infinity yeah. with the gauntlet. <laughs> the infinity gauntlet. Have we talked about the random scene with all the the girls? Um, right, this is so what we we're going to come on to. Yeah. Yeah, I, the feel whole... like, I feel like we shouldn't talk about it because I feel like enough places have talked about it. As we I said, just know it was it, embarrassing. I, think just I feel like about... they, they made it too much of a big deal. As if, I said, if they hadn't yeah. made that such a big deal, it could have... No. I think it was a beautiful moment. A bit, and obviously it was like a callback to when Okoye and, and Black Widow do it in Infinity yeah. War. But it's yeah. just like all you're doing is highlighting these incredible female characters that you have screwed over for the last ten years. That, yeah. They're all in one scene. And yeah. Pepper Potts. And Pepper Potts. Yeah. Like so. Like, it's like <laughs> oh, if, if you're not gonna give us an A force movie after this, then like yeah. why bother? Teasing oh, us? I like the fact that Phil's just called into existence the A force. I, I was I just think, yes. expecting a giant flag with feminism to appear. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a scene that you you you're torn in two different directions because yeah. it does feel heavy handed and what's it? But it is nice to just go, oh yeah, what a cool bunch yeah. of uh, oh, characters badass, these are. Yeah. It's it's, like, they just... And they're all protecting the soft boy. <laughs> oh it's my like, god! Like every every woman in that every woman on that battlefield is like, oh no no, yeah. uh, our precious twink baby Peter Parker is in trouble. We've got to all stand in front of yeah. him. <laughs> but doesn't matter how much we try and save the Infinity Gauntlet. Thanos still becomes inevitable to get Ugh. hold of it. Um, yeah. Um, this is I, where I struggle. I obviously oh, so this this is the bit where I'm like, oh no, I, I know, now you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. You yeah. know who he's going to say. You know the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, at that point I was like, okay, I'm 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 all right now. And then you get the knowing nod from Iron Man to Doctor Strange. Or, mm. Oh, the the one. This yeah. is the only way it's going to happen. Oh. And then God. we get the. That everyone laughed in the movie and theater I, when I went to see it. I, I was I was half expecting to go. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody, somebody behind me did a full on. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Come on, you knew, you must yeah. have known going into it." Yeah, and then we get Tony Stark's nanite Infinity Gauntlet appear out of nowhere, and then it was nice for this to be the line that was his real properly last. I was half Deep expecting line. him when he was holding up his gauntlet to like give Thanos the finger. Yeah, that would have been. Oh, yeah. by the way, uh, then. Yeah. Yeah. But it's basically the line where it, the first film ended with yeah. the I am Iron Man. Yeah. Which is apparently just an ad lib anyway. Yeah. I got lost on the whole premiere and the girls wearing the, the cool. Oh, jewels. the bracelets. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. brilliant. I really loved that. Yeah. So. And then we get the reversal of Peter Parker and Iron Man from uh, Infinity War. Yes. Well, before that, we get Cap, because Tony and Cap have not really spoken to each other at all during this big fight scene. Mm. And 
Cap has the smile when he sees everybody else getting dusted, including Thedos. And then he works out how it's happened. Mm. And yeah. you see his face fall. And you know that's when he's gone, oh God, at this yeah. point. And he knows it's going to be Tony or somebody like that. Because he's... Also, it's like, we all knew he was going to die, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think if you went into that last film not knowing that that was going to happen. Yeah. And like, they still handled it really, really well. It was well written and everything, you know. Yeah. Um, when uh, Papa says, oh, we... It will be okay. You can rest now. It's you like, yeah, with, yeah, the MCU's going to be fine, Robert Downey yeah. Jr. You're allowed to take a break now. Well, he's been in pretty much... Go back to being Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> been in, what, at least more than half the films in either cameos or actually appearances. Mm. I guess, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he really is, like, he, he's the reason... He's been this, the linchpin. He's the reason this entire... Well, he's the MCU, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Oh, I don't think he's dead, though. What? I don't... I don't know, we've got the possibility of multiple timelines coming from the future, which we'll discuss about. If anybody's ever read comics, you know yeah. nobody's ever really dead. Mm, yeah. But the thing that gets me about this whole scene is, like, everybody's been shipped here, we've all got this big massive fight on, the entire universe has turned up to fight Thanos, and the army's been dusted. And then we cut to a few weeks afterwards, and having a funeral. Well, I don't know. I, I was kind of thinking, like, was there, like, a portal replacement service to get everybody back to where they needed to be? Because you've got all these yeah. heroes now, and they're going, what, what happens now? Because I mean, no, we haven't come in any yeah. ships, so half the half the ravages are there, and but it's like, there are a bunch of wizards just going, all right, the number 47 <laughs> yeah. to, to Morag is here, here we go. But as we know, this movie is not interested in the logistics of things. Like, how does, this, how does the world work now that everyone's back? Yeah, that's it. We missed out the whole bit of Captain Marvel turning up from nowhere and blowing past because, because, because nobody just, cared. Nobody cared. It was so last minute. Yeah. She and came in, she blew up a ship, and that was it. And yeah, then but then he headbutts her, and she doesn't move because she's amazing. Yes, no. but then and then he throws her across the other side of the room. Yeah. <laughs> and she wears a badass suit to the funeral. Yeah. But yeah, so we have Tony's funeral. They said, where's the funeral for a Black Widow? No, everybody seems no. to have forgotten no. that she's actually... Halt through a bench, that was the service. Yeah. 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 And the thing which I think every single person in the cinemas around the country went, who's that kid? Which is the kid from Iron Man 3. That's just... Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, the, the whole funeral thing as well, it's not. It's just a bunch of people on the side of a lake. Yeah. It's not re- It's not like a big, epic kind of, like, you know, you, massive you, funeral you're type expecting thing. expecting like a state funeral, like in the death of Superman. Yeah, so it's kind of a bit, kind of, like, so a bit low-key. Yeah. yeah, it's like, I've just saved the universe, guys. Gonna get a parade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want a national holiday. Yeah. But Iron Man Day. I don't know. Do you think it was worth the ten years build? It's my final thought to your. Oh God, yeah. I, I, I would. I walked out of Avengers Endgame. In with in my head would be if they never make another Marvel movie for the rest of my life, I'm quite happy. Because this this whole twenty two twenty three potentially yeah. thing is like yeah that's fun I'm done I've got a complete thing here that I'm bar some things I would like to see happen that, if that was it I I'm quite I done had a similar thing but I left Infinity War being like I feel oversaturated now like I never want to see another comic book film um. and then when I left Endgame I felt like it had ended it in a way that was was positive. And I really didn't think going into it that actually I was going to want to sit through three hours, but actually the whole three hours felt that it didn't feel like three hours for one thing, but it didn't make me leave like I left Infinity War a bit like, ugh. Yeah. Whereas this felt emotionally stronger 
but also like it was a positive ending. Mm. It was a very, it was emotionally satisfying even yeah. if all of the logic didn't particularly work. But I think as long as like it makes emotional sense, it doesn't need to make complete narrative sense. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do love an ending that it's like, yes, the, these character stories are over, but this world still exists. You have a new lineup of characters who were just beginning. And so it's like, I could maybe do with a year or two off as well. Yeah. Um, but then I'm really excited to see like, well, you know, what are you, what, now that you've finally figured out who the hell Captain Marvel is, what are you going to do with her? What are we going to do with Black Panther? What are we going to do with the Eternals when that happens? What are we going to do with Thor now that he's gone off with the garden, Guardians? Exactly, yeah. Um, so I, I, I like the idea that it's this saga is over, but like this world still exists, these characters still mm. exist, and that there's, there's still this whole new world of possibilities, which I think is like a lovely way to end it on. And then, of course, you, the final shot is of Cap kissing Peggy, which kind of punches yeah. you in the heart a bit. I mean, the whole old cat bit is we know that the Hulk can restore him to whatever age he wants because we earlier in the movie we had him messing around with that man. So yeah, yeah, but that that story. Well, I think that would have just yeah. taken the dignity out of that. Away. And Captain America is black now, guys. Yeah. I can't wait for the internet to get angry about that. Yeah, but it's Falcon, and that's annoying. <laughs> it should have been Bucky. Yeah. It should have been Bucky. It, sh- it, it should. It have made been... me so. He was angry. right there, guys. He yeah. was right there behind. I so I, I, there's a fan theory that they they the reason that Bucky and Cap have not shared much screen time. Over the last few films is because they have too much chemistry and it's hard for him it's hard to root for him with Peggy when basically it's like him and, even if it's just like best friend chemistry it's like they belong together yeah now that is how to do a gay character in the Marvel Universe yes see I don't subscribe to the bookie as Captain America theory anyway so I'm glad it went to Sam which is good mm-hmm. and I also like the fact that they didn't kill Cap and they let him get old which is good so that's positives yeah Guy what was your final thoughts yeah <laughs> just that yeah. Yeah. glowing recommendation from Guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean better than you get on screen bro isn't it so. <laughs> I mean the thing for me is whatever they were going to do people would have complained what, whatever happened yeah. there was yeah. always going to be complaints there was always going to be build, build or about some issues with character development some issues with plot I think bringing the Russos in or having them as a directing pair made a lot of sense because I can't see a single director that would have probably pulled off that vision mm. on on <laughs> on their own. And it's kind of like the amount Scott of work, job. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of work, the amount of time that they would have had to put into this as a single director. I think it would have broken most people. Mm. And I think having that work divided between the two, two of them made sense. And to me, it's basically Infinity War and Endgame is just one movie. It's a six-hour epic marathon, but yeah. it is one movie because it just feels like we have six acts which are an hour long each for the no, entire I, thing. I think you kind of needed that gap. I think as an audience, you needed to breathe that gap. If I'm on, on a rerun, I wouldn't mind watching them both. I, I feel like Endgame works as a movie better than Infinity War did. Infinity War is like you're watching part one and then Endgame actually just... When it starts with, you know, Hawkeye... Yeah his family disappearing, it actually does work as a self-contained yeah. film, yeah. which Infinity War didn't to me. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so next episode, we're going to be talking a bit more about the future of Marvel and where we think it's going to go. Uh, so keep tuned for that. Keith, where can we find you online in the meantime? You can find me at hardlook underscore hotel on Twitters. Take the underscore out and that'll probably be everything else. Guy, where can we find you? Uh, Vinyl Guy H Instagram screen from Twitter. No, sorry, that's not my Twitter. Sorry, sorry, that's uh, not as good. I'm sure. 
Laura, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me Laura Craven, uh, L-A-U-R-A-C-R-E-A-V-E-N. Phil, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Philip with one L, Ellis with two. Look for the little blue tick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us are not that worthy. Yes. Becky, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Becky2293. And you can find me... I don't know. Some, <laughs> re- some relevant Avengers reference. <laughs> Making dinner with vision off screens. Yeah. <laughs> in matching cardigans. In, in, in it were. Hanging out with Falcon because no one else wants to. <laughs> you can find me at Ryan Parrish Twitter. You can find most of us at GeekyBrummy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, GeekyBrummy.com on the GeekyBrummy YouTube channel. Don't forget to pick out Keith's comic recommendations of the week on our YouTube channel and these gaming wrap-ups. Sexy videos. Yes. But for now, bye everybody. Bye. Bye.